Welcome to the Fit Life with MJ podcast, where you'll learn how to take complete control of your mind and body to become unstoppably confident and create a life you cannot get enough of. Listen in as I drop weekly real and raw solo apps and interviews with industry professionals, teaching you not only how to overcome your self-doubt and limiting mindsets, but also learn how to navigate the BS of the health industry. Avoid being tricked by health gimmicks and discover how to lose your unwanted weight and get into your best shape the right and sustainable way for you. Because truly, becoming the best version of yourself requires not only being in complete control of your own mind and emotions, but also being in your best physical shape. I'm your host, MJ, a certified personal trainer, nutrition and mindset coach, and the creator of Forever Fit, my online health and mindset program. And I'm here to help you become unstoppable. I cannot wait to share today's episode with you. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Life with MJ podcast. I am so excited to be back in your ears as always. Solo episode today that is going to help you greatly reduce your stress and anxiety around your weight loss and fitness journey. I did a post on this a while ago and it was super popular. So I just know that you're just going to love this episode. It's going to make you feel so much happier when you are jumping on the scales, because we are talking today about how to stop the scales effing with your head. I know on a personal level how painful those things can be if you're not looking at the numbers the right way and if you don't really understand what that number is telling you, because society has us believing that that number is only reflecting the fat changes in our bodies. So if you're anything like me, which I can guarantee you are or have been at some point, you're getting on the scales and you're seeing that number, you're not seeing what you want, you're thinking you're failing on your fitness journey, you're losing hope and then you're turning to the chocolate, the biscuits, whatever it is and having a bit of a self-pity binge fest and then everything goes out the window and then you try to start again and you just never seem to get anywhere because you keep getting on the scales and letting them tell you how you're going on your journey. So today's episode, I'm going to be riffing on exactly how to understand what that number is telling you, why you're looking at it the wrong way, and how to actually stop the scales from affecting your journey. So by the time you finish listening to this episode, you're going to feel like a weight has been lifted. You're going to be you're going to feel so free and in control of your journey and your happiness around your weight loss. And you're going to be able to see faster results because you're not going to be giving up on up on yourself all the time when you get on the scales and don't see what you expected. Now, first things first, I really want to point this out. This is a a huge thing I had to overcome in my early days. And this is a mindset thing to do with our weight. And this is why I'm so big on self-awareness, personal development and things like that, because this has such a huge impact on our fitness and the actions we take on our fitness journey that determine whether or not we get the results we want. Now, there's a belief around our weight that society has given us, which is completely false. And that is that our weight determines who we are. So put it this way, no one is looking at you when you're walking down the street. No one is looking at you going, oh, wow, she looks good for 60 kilos. Like your weight, the number attached to how much you weigh is literally never on anyone's mind. Like that's not what they're thinking when they see you. When people see you down the street, they're they're seeing your energy. 
your your vibe, the way that you move, how you present yourself in the clothes that you're wearing. You know, like if you're walking down the street and, you know, you've got a smile on your face, they're not going, oh, she looks good for 60 kilos. They're going, oh, she looks happy and confident. And then they're just noticing that you've got jeans on or that you've got a top on. Like no one cares what you weigh. No one cares what you weigh except you. But we seem to have this idea in our head that everyone else knows what we weigh and that it and everyone else judges us based on what we weigh as a number and that's just not what it is it's 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 your energy it's you how you move it's the vibe that you give people and that's got nothing to do with the number on the scales so I want you to first absorb that and detach yourself from that freaking number and the rest of this episode is going to help you do that because I'm going to explain why that number is actually a load of bs now I, I remember when I was first, I'm just give you a bit of background story into what used to happen to me when I would weigh myself. So I went through a phase. I know a lot of you girls who listen to my podcast and follow me on social media, you know that I went through a phase where I was very, very strict with my diet, my exercise. I was obsessed with the scales. Weighed in every week without fail. Saturday morning, first thing, get up, go to the toilet. How much do I weigh? After a full week of being strict with my eating, how much have I lost? And I could get on the scales and maybe see like a 500 gram loss in that number. I can tell you right now, it wasn't fat that I was losing, but what was happening was in my head, I'm going, okay, cool. I've got room to move this weekend. I can binge a little this weekend because I'd been so restrictive. I was, my body was just screaming out for that extra food, that release, that eating without having to think, is this okay? And that was punishing enough as it was, but I would only ever let myself enjoy my weekend to the point of how much did I lose that week? How much am I allowed to enjoy myself based on what the number on the scale said? And oh my God, it was so taxing. Like, I really want to help you girls get out of that vortex if you are stuck in it. So if you're a girl who is weighing yourself, if you're weighing yourself even daily, like just burn the scales, honestly, but we're going to cover that soon. I want to talk about what actually makes that number up and why why you should not be paying attention to it. It should be the last thing that you worry about on your fitness journey to tell you how you're doing. So. There's actually six things that go on inside your body that affect what the number on the scales say. I want to say there's five. Really, there is six, but one of them is muscle. And we really need to talk about that because there's a lot of girls who get very confused about how their muscle on their body affects the number on the scale. So I'm going to clear that up for you as well. Because I know there's a lot of girls out there that go, oh, my, my weight's not shifting, but I'm losing fat and gaining muscle. I need to help you understand that myth as well and how that actually works. But first things first, let's cover the five other things. Well, we'll cover the six. We'll cover the other, the six things that go on inside your body that fluctuate, that affect what you weigh. And this is really going to help you take a step back and go, oh, so realistically, the scales actually aren't telling me what I think they're telling me anyway. So that number is useless. Okay, so the first thing, one of the six things that affects what you weigh is the fluid that's stored inside your body. Now, most of you will know that fluid retention can fluctuate anything from zero to three kilos in a day. A lot of the time, it'll be 24 to 72 hours. You can gain or lose three kilos worth of fluid and it's always going up and down. I'm sorry, but you, you can't stop that from happening. It's a natural process. Things can affect how much you store and how much you lose, like hormones. So we'll always gain a little bit more fluid around our period, ladies can't do anything about it but it's fine it's not fat it's just it's excess fluid that our body is using um 
higher sodium foods will make you store more water. Uh, eating lots of carbohydrates, you'll store uh, more water because you'll store three grams of water per carbohydrate per one gram of carbohydrates. But please do not take that as a sign to go, oh, drop my carbs, then I'll drop my fluid. In fact, side note to that, when you drop carbs from your diet, you're not actually losing fat. This is why a lot of girls get really excited when they drop carbs out of their diet. They get on the scale and they're like, I'm five kilos down in a week of the stored fluid that you would have had if you were eating the carbs. You didn't lose fat, you lost stored fluid. And this is why it gets so confusing because fat and fluid actually look exactly the same on your body. They perform the same, they sit the same. The only difference is one fluctuates a lot faster than the other. One is used for energy. The other is used to just keep your body alive. Well, both are used to keep your body alive, but you get what I mean. So fat cannot gain and store as fast as fluid. It just, our bodies just do not work that way. Fluid comes and goes on the daily. So you could literally wake up in the morning and by the time you go to bed, have gained two kilos of fluid retention. Like it's, it's not the end of the world. It's normal, but it's going to weigh it's going to add weight on the scales because if you grab a liter of water, it's going to weigh a kilo because one liter of water is one kilo. So if you're holding excess fluid, it's going to add to the number on the scales, but it's not fat and it's coming and going all the time. It's in your cells, it's in your muscles, it's in your skin, it's in your eyes, it's in your organs, it's in your blood. Fluid is everywhere. It's literally just liquid that has lots of different functions inside our body and it stores and it goes and it's in our digestion as well. Our digestive system can gain and lose, I think it's up to like nine liters in one digestive cycle. So yeah, fluid is going to affect what you weigh because water has weight to it. At the end of the day, let's just say fluid, water, same thing. Um, it, it has a weight. So the more you have in your body, the more the higher the number is going to be, but it's not fat. It's not affecting your fat stores at all. Now, the other thing that will affect what you weigh is the food that's in your digestive system and your stomach right now or at the time when you weigh yourself. And it can take up to, some people can take up to two days to fully pass a meal. So if you ate yesterday and you're like, oh, that meal shouldn't still be there now. Like if it was dinner last night and you get up in the morning, you're like, oh, that meal's gone now. No, it's probably not. It's probably still kicking about in your bowels and in your intestines and things like that. It still has a weight to it. Because if you take that food and put it on the scales, the scales are going to show you a number but it's not fat, it's food. And yes, your body is going to turn some of that food into energy. So some of it will disintegrate because it will transfer into energy and then transfer out of your body as heat or yeah, the energy that you use. But some of, most of it is still going to be kicking about in your digestive system to some degree and it has a weight to it, but it's not fat. Now let's talk about stored energy because this one's fun. A lot of people don't even realize that this is a thing. You store energy in your body in the form of what is called glycogen. Now, glycogen is basically when your body takes carbohydrates and energy from carbohydrates, breaks it down into its most basic form of sugars, which is glycogen, stores it in your muscles and your liver for readily available on-the-go energy. So if you pick your hand up off the ground right now or off your lap, whatever it's on, off the table, pick your hand up, put it back down, you just used glycogen to create that movement through a chemical process. I'm not going to go into the science of it right now. I talk about it a lot, but Stored energy in your muscles and in your liver has a weight to it because it is, it's particles. It's literally molecules sitting inside your body that came from the food you ate so that your body has readily available energy for you to blink, to breathe, to move, move your lips, to pick up a finger. Like 
everything you do uses the stored energy that's in your body. And your body has a capacity of how much energy it can store. It can only store so much glycogen in your muscles and liver. But the more muscle you gain, the more room you have to store glycogen. So when you gain muscle, not only are you gaining the muscle itself, the muscle tissue, which has a weight to it, which we'll cover in a moment, but you're also gaining more storage space for more glycogen. So you're getting like a double whammy of the, the number on the scales going up, but none of these things are fat. So I'm going to cover that a little bit more when we go over muscle because I don't want you to get too confused just yet. But stored energy is going to have a weight value to it and it's not fat. Now, I did kind of cover this when I talked about food in your stomach and food in your digestive system. I like to split the two because if you have just eaten in the last hour and then you get on the scales, like, I'm sorry, hun, but that food is going to add to the number on the scales. It's not fat, but it's something that has a weight value to it that you took from outside your body and put it inside your body. If you didn't eat the meal and you stood on the scales holding it, the scales would still go up by the same number. So stored uh, food in your stomach, yeah. And then food in the digestive tract can be separate again because some people get a buildup of food in their digestive system. We've got, you know, things that build up in there and they don't quite move through so quickly. That sort of stuff can add energy as well. Like if you, I'm going to get a little bit TMI here, but if you have a real good clear out where you just like go to the toilet and it feels like everything just like came out and then you go weigh yourself and it's like, oh, lost a kilo. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Okay, now have I covered five? Fluid, food in stomach, stored energy, food still in digestive tract. All right, let's talk muscle. Now, I hear a lot of girls say when they're on their weight loss journey and the scales aren't moving because of all these other things that they believe that they're gaining muscle at the same rate that they're burning fat and therefore the scales are just balancing out. It's like I'm losing this, but I'm gaining this, so that's why the number won't change. Now, Muscle does not gain as quickly as fat burns. If you are doing the right things to burn fat efficiently and you're doing the right things to build muscle efficiently, you won't build muscle as fast as you will burn fat per kilo. Like it, you can lose a kilo of fat in a week doing the right things. If you gain a kilo of muscle in a week, please let me know because I want to know your secret. It doesn't work that way. Our bodies just don't lay down muscle that fast. And they do efficiently burn fat that fast if you put them in the right situation. So it's very unlikely that if you're losing a kilo of fat in a week, it's very unlikely that you've also just gained a kilo of muscle and that's why the scales didn't move. It will be one of the other things I've talked about here that's affecting the number. Um, however, one thing I will point out is that when you start using your muscles in a way that you've not used them before, and some of you may have heard the term um, pump the pump that you get when you exercise where fluid goes into your muscles and your body sends all these cells there to repair the muscles and that pump can last up to 72 hours and all these things that will add weight your body's going to start taking the fluid from the food you eat the water you drink it's going to start pumping it into the muscles with all of these cells and electrolytes and nutrients and amino acids that it needs to rebuild that muscle and make it stronger and fitter. So the muscle is actually going to become thicker and, and more dense. Like there's more stuff now in the muscle. So the muscle itself is going to weigh more, which means you will weigh more, but you haven't actually gained any real muscle tissue, but you filled the tissue with fluid and electrolytes and amino acids and things that are coming in to repair the muscle. So that, that can add weight to the scales as well, but again, not fat. It's just a result of the fact that you started using your muscles in a different way to what your body is used to. The natural response of your body is to go in and repair the broken down muscle, which 
causes inflammation, which is healthy and normal. It's part of the repair process, but it will add weight. So there's that as well. Um, so that can be affecting the scales a little bit. Now, just bear in mind, though, it's very unlikely, depending on the amount of muscle you already have on your body, it's very unlikely that the additional fluid and stored energy in your muscles is going to increase by any more than like a kilo. Um, so if you're someone who doesn't really have a great deal of body muscle, it's very unlikely that you're going to have like a kilo fluctuation of stored energy and stored fluid in your muscles unless you absolutely started flogging yourself in the gym and pumping in the food and the fluids and all of those things. Um, and then obviously if you've got a lot of skeletal muscle already and you also and but you've also got a lot of body fat that you want to lose, there is a chance that you could gain a kilo worth of stored energy and stored fluid in those muscles. So just being mindful of that as well. Um, so that covers all of them, which brings us to fat itself, which is what we're here to find out about. So the, all of those other things are going to affect what you weigh. Fat itself will gradually trend down and it will plateau and it can gradually trend up. But you're very unlikely to see. In fact, if if you burn a kilo of body fat in a day, I want you to come and tell me about it because it's very, very, very like it's, it shouldn't happen that way. Your body should not be burning fat that fast. We don't gain and burn fat that easily. And I've actually had this chat with a number of girls um, for an example of just how unrealistic some of our expectations about the scales and what we eat are. I've had some girls actually come to me and, and say things like, oh, yeah, I gained 500 grams, but I did just eat McDonald's. And what I really want to point out here is there's no possible way for your body to turn everything you just ate into fat. It's not going to do it. Like if you just went and had a Big Mac meal, the reason you gained 500 grams is because that's what the food weighed. But the food's not 100% fat. You know, you, you, the food you eat if you're eating something that is 100% fat and that's all you have, like a tablespoon of olive oil and then off you go on your merry way, like, or you're just sitting down to a tub of like literal lard, like your body is not going to convert every single calorie in every meal you eat into fat. And every meal you eat is not going to be made of 100% fat. So it's literally impossible. You can't look at a meal and go, oh, I just ate this meal and then gained 500 grams of fat. It's not going to work that way. If you were to gain any more than like 100 grams of fat in a day, to actually store 100 grams of fat in a day, you would literally have to eat like 3,000 calories of high processed carbs and fat and sit on your ass for like a week. Like our bodies don't store fat that quickly. So if you're seeing the scales fluctuate on the daily, it's not because your body fat is fluctuating that quickly. And I can tell you that right now. So there's other things as well. Obviously, like scales can actually be very temperamental too. And I experimented with this myself. Um, anyway, so we've talked, we've finished talking about all of the six different things that affect what the scales say, but I just want to riff on something about how inaccurate they can actually be and tricky they can be to get right. So we've talked about all of the different things that affect fat and how realistic it is for those things to fluctuate on the daily. Notice how I said fat actually fluctuates the slowest. Out of all of those six things, fat is the slowest fluctuating one of all of them. Yet we'll get on the scales daily and think that our fat is going up and down like crazy. And it's the last thing that's changing. 
Now, I actually, I trialed this myself for a while because I was getting to the point where I was like, why are the scales messing with my head so hard? Like, why do I feel like I busted my ass and the scales went up? There's no physical way these scales have gone up. So I did a few different things and I tested them on different surfaces. I knew already that if you weigh yourself on carpet, you're going to weigh less than you do if you weigh on a hard floor. Now, I tried putting them on tiles that were smaller than the base of the scale. So they had to sit across different tiles, slightly uneven, different reading. Put them on a flat tile where the tile was actually bigger than the base of the scales, got a different reading. I wore socks, got a different reading to when I had bare feet. I've weighed on floorboards, got a different reading to when I weighed on tiles. It, it was different every time. I've even used scales where I've got on them and got an initial reading, got off, reset them, got back on, and they told me I was 500 kilos lighter. So it was like they needed a practice run. And I've actually also had – these are all digital scales, by the way. I've had scales where I've jumped on them and then I've got three or four different readings within – three to 400 grams difference, basically. Um, I've also, I went through a phase where I was just like, right, analog all the way. I'm not going to use anything that's not analog because digital is unreliable. And I was getting on those and what I was finding was I'd stand on them and like you line the pin up with the zero, you stand on them and it goes up to what it's going to tell you that you weigh. But you've got to remember that weight, that plate that you stand on that pushes down, like you have to just trust that it is actually moving the needle exactly rightly because I would get off them and the needle wouldn't reset back to zero. So I'm like, well, what do I weigh? Like, where did the pin go wrong? You know? So you can't even rely on that. Now, I will obviously point out the elephant in the room. And that is for any of you girls who have, you know, more than 20 kilos to lose and you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, okay, MJ, but you're telling me all of these things, but my weight's just not trending down at all. Now, obviously, if you let's say you've got 20 kilos to lose and you've been at it and you've lost a few kilos but you you've plateaued and you know for a fact that it's not the stored energy it's not the fluid it's not the the muscle it's not to do with the fluid or the energy in the muscle or anything like that then I would definitely recommend having a look at the process that you are using because human evolution biomechanics the way our bodies work it's virtually impossible to not lose weight if you are in a calorie deficit so there is a chance you might think you're in a calorie deficit, but you're not. And what I mean by calorie deficit is energy deficit. Now, a safe calorie deficit as well. If your calorie deficit is way too low, there's a chance your metabolism has just slowed right down to the point where it is conserving every possible calorie and your weight loss is just going to be astronomically slow. But if you are in a calorie deficit day in, day out, you will lose weight. You have to because your body needs that energy for to burn, to survive, and it's going to take it from your fat stores at some point. So think of it like if, if you're in a calorie deficit, we're going to talk about calorie deficits for a moment here just to help you girls who are in that situation. If you're in a calorie deficit every day, Monday to Friday, and this was my problem too. I was making this mistake for a long time, which is half of my frustration. If you're in a calorie deficit from Monday to Friday, but then on the weekends, you go so hell for leather with your eating that you actually eat so far above your calories that you wipe out the deficit that you were in on the week. You're not going to lose weight. I stuck in that yo-yo cycle for so long. I was in like a 500 calorie deficit, which is already too big. Monday to Friday, 500 calorie deficit, burning myself out, getting to the weekends, being so drained of energy, just wanting to binge on all of the foods that were going to give me energy and make me feel good. And I would go 
2,000 calories, 3,000 calories above my daily, above the deficit. Like I was basically filling in the deficit gap that I'd created throughout the week. So my weekends were making up for the deficit and I was basically balancing out my calories from week to week. And I was just eating at maintenance realistically, if that makes sense. I'm just trying to think of an easier way to explain it. So like what's um, Monday to Friday, five times 500. Wow, that's a lot of calories. Um, yeah, whatever the, whatever my daily deficit was throughout Monday to Friday, add that like times that by five, I was eating that back on on the weekends. So from Monday to Sunday, Monday to Friday, I was in a deficit. But Monday to Sunday, I wasn't in a deficit because Saturday, Sunday, I was feeding the deficit back on by overeating. So you could accidentally be doing that. So I I hear a lot of girls who will say, oh, I'm in a calorie deficit all the time. I'm just not getting anywhere with my weight loss. I'm trying so hard. But what they're actually not doing is realizing that tub of ice cream they ate was 3,000 calories, which filled in the deficit gap. So essentially they weren't in the deficit. They thought they were in the deficit. So that's the thing that um, it's a mistake that a lot of girls end up making. I want to point that out and I want to help you girls understand that so that if you are in a situation where you're getting on the scales all the time and you're not seeing the reduction in your weight, check your actual deficit. Are you actually burning the energy you think you're burning? And are you actually not eating it all back on? So there's that. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Because the reason I wanted to make this, um, this episode was because from you girls, the line for overeating on the scale and letting it dictate that you need weight was in your head. But if you're not aware of all of these things, it helps you overcome them. And so there's one thing about money as well. Like money does that kind of thing. But it's really nice now that we can. And they're giving up on themselves way too soon. Like they're, 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 they're actually losing out. They're actually losing the, the fact that they should be that they're trying to lose but the problem is they're not seeing that reflect in the scales and so they give up on themselves when actually they were losing weight the whole time so they end up not reaching their goals because they threw in the towel too soon because they didn't see the progress they were actually making so girls I'm definitely of course gonna give you tips on what you should be doing instead of just jumping on the scales If you are someone who does like to track with the scales or you're doing something where you're required to track with the scales, no more than once a week. If you have a coach and they're telling you to get on the scales more than once a week, run for the hills because that's just toxic through and through. But no more than once a week. You should not be weighing. I tell my girls, and in the MJ Fit Life app, it does ask you to update your weight weekly, but I do also have in there where you can enter your photos and your measurement progress, which is super important. So we do that every week as well. So the number on the scales just becomes arbitrary. It literally just becomes like a background noise. It's literally just to help the app create, or it's, it's literally to help us get the right meal plan calories for the girls. It's just part of the bigger picture, but it's never the be all to end all. So I highly recommend if you're tracking your progress, you want to be taking measurements from at least five different places on your body, five, I say at least, five is plenty, otherwise you'd be there all day, but your belly button, your hips, your upper, um, so like the the midsection between your shoulder and your elbow, uh, the midsection between your knee and your hip, and 
think that was it, wasn't it? Tricep, thigh, hip, belly button. Why can't I remember the other one? Oh, chest. <laughs> and then just looking at all those different measurements, making sure obviously you're not pulling the tape too tight or too loose from day to, from week to week, not having it angled, making sure you, uh, you measure at the exact same spot on your body. When you are weighing, make sure it's like first thing when you get up in the morning, same day of the week, every time you weigh and after you've gone to the toilet, before you've had anything in your mouth. And that's going to give you the best consistent reading. Um, and then obviously photos, standing the exact same distance from the camera, same pose, same background, same lighting. I like to use artificial light because you do, one day you've got a sunny day and you do photos with light coming in, looks great. Next day you've got clouds and it's all wishy-washy and you can't see shit. So always use artificial light because it's always going to be the consistent controllable light. Um, or you know, it's okay to have filtered light coming in and artificial light, like a room light, but um, you don't want direct sunlight beaming in on you and then not have it the next photo. It's going to distort your shadows. It's going to distort your the way it looks. It's going to be hard to tell the difference and it's going to mess with your head. So trying to make sure your photos are always as, it, as the same as they can be all the time. Same outfit too. And doing that, you know, same day of the week every week or fortnight, you know, because at the end of the day, consistency is the key. Now, obviously, the only way to know if something is working is when it gives you the results. And so that is the frustration, frustrating thing about fitness. You don't know whether you're doing the right thing until you start seeing the results and consistent results. Sometimes you just have to trust the process. And yes, there is no good answer that you're going to trust the process and make it come and get results and keep repeating and repeating and repeating. Repeat, repeat. That's why I highly recommend getting a coach and someone that actually talks to you and find out what you need and how your body works and find out what the best process is going to be for you that you can sustain for the rest of your life. But other than that, just listening to what I've said in this podcast, understanding all of those different things that affect what that number is on the scales. Because I can guarantee you right now, if you go and weigh yourself right now and then go grab like a two-liter bottle of water, full of water, and stand on the scales, you're going to weigh two kilos more. Well, you should if the scales are accurate. It's not fat. Because you're not going to look at the number in that instance and go, oh, I don't care about that two kilos because I know it's not fat. So treat every time you get on the scales like that, basically, because all of these other things are affecting your weight that aren't fat. And that's the other benefit to having a coach as well. You can always check in with the coach and be like, hey, this is what happened. And this is like, you have those progress check-ins where you can talk about the fluctuations and, and what you're seeing in the measurements and the scales and the photos and actually get the right guidance of what to do moving forward so that you don't get up in your head and go, oh, this is all just too hard. I don't know. I'm not seeing the results I expected by and then giving up on yourself when actually you were seeing progress you just weren't seeing the progress yourself if that makes sense um so yeah I hope this episode helps to relieve the stress and anxiety that you're feeling around getting on the scales and I hope it stops the scales effing with your head like they did for me like they do for so many of my girls I've actually got one of my one-to-one -one girls at the moment has just made huge leaps and bounds with her progress because as you girls know, I am huge on the personal development mindset, self-awareness side of fitness and how important that is into reaching your best potential. And I've helped her with the mindset around getting on the scales and instantly she's already tapping into this mindset of like she doesn't even care what the scales say anymore because she's aware of the other progress she's seeing. She's tapping into that. 
which means her attention is drawn away from action has to equal outcome and getting frustrated if she doesn't lose a kilo from a certain workout. And it's becoming more of like a, I'm doing this because I enjoy the process. I'm doing this because I enjoy how good I feel. I can feel that exercise is pulling me out of slumps. And then so she's intrinsically motivated to keep exercising now because the motivation to exercise and stay on track is no longer just what do the scales say. It's how good do I feel? And then when you tap into that kind of motivation, you're going to get the results you want anyway. And fuck what the scales say, because at the end of the day, you're going to start looking and feeling your best because you've tapped into a different level of motivation to keep you going. And that's where it's at. That's where it's at. So let go of what the the number on the scales says. No one actually gives a shit what you weigh. Your health is not exactly tied to what you weigh. Like this is why the BMI index that doctors use is bullshit for most, for the most part. Like yet bodybuilders going in there being told they're obese and they're like 12% body fat because the BMI is not a reliable way to measure how healthy someone is. You cannot just tell how healthy someone is by what they weigh and how tall they are. Like there's so much more that goes into it. So release yourself from that. Treat, just take the scales at face value. Don't even worry about what they say. Think about all these other things that are going on. If you want to talk to me more about it and get a bit more insight and help with your own journey and and releasing yourself from the, the anxiety around the scales, send me a DM because I will put my socials, the links to my socials in the show notes for you. I'm always happy to, t- to talk and help. Um, and yeah, just enjoy your freaking journey. Enjoy your journey. Don't delay your happiness waiting to reach this goal. Fall in love with how good you're feeling on the process and enjoy the process because honestly, I can tell you right now, I set goals for my fitness at the start, which I have long surpassed now. Because once you reach those goals, you want more. You keep wanting more. And if you keep delaying your happiness until you reach the next goal, you're never going to be happy. So just enjoy the process now. Fall in love with it. Forget the scales. Don't even let them talk to you. All right, that is it from me for now. I hope I've covered everything. I'm pretty sure I have. I hope this has been super valuable for you. And as always, you know, girls, I love it when you share the podcast. Anyone you think might benefit from it and taking screenshots and sharing it to your story so that more people can see us find us, listen to us and be helped, motivated and inspired by us. That is what I live for. And yeah, links to my socials will be in the show notes and I look forward to hearing from you. If you've got any questions, I would also love it if you had the time to pop over and leave us a five-star review on the platform that you are listening to. It helps us get up there in the algorithms or the, I say algorithm, in the list. It helps us come up higher in the list when people search for health and wellness podcasts so that we can help more people there too. All right. Thank you so much for listening. That is all from me for now. And I will talk to you all in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and got value from this episode. If you did, please remember to hop over to the review section and leave us a five-star review to help us reach and inspire more people to live their best lives. Also, remember any links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes for you now. I cannot wait to speak to you again in the next episode.